Hey everybody and welcome to the Inferno cast. I of course am Inferno Fox and this is going to be a special episode for a number of reasons and I of course am the host and the head of the YouTube Inferno Fox gaming channel. You of course can catch this uh, YouTube podcast both on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music and more. And today we're going to be discussing the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, and because of that, I'm going to be dedicating this episode to my older brother, Kevin, who is no longer with us. Uh, he's the one that got me into the series when we were kids, and he was, also played the entirety of the series up to the 11th entry, which was the last game that had come out bef- that, that was currently out before he passed last year. Uh, also, because of this topic, I got a special guest joining us today for today's conversation, and that's uh, going to be Randy. He is the host of of the podcast, The Bon Me Chronicles. And he he has hosted several noteworthy contributors in the in the AAPI diaspora and also has been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards in the Best Asian Hosted Podcast category for 2022 and 2023. And you can catch his podcast, uh, which is currently available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Randy, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for bringing me in. I'm definitely uh, glad to have you. And we have got my uh, normal cast and crew of our wonderful delinquents here. Mm -hmm. And starting with our first delinquent, Astromedes. He is the developer, a developer and co-owner of Second Place Games. Astromedes, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm the lead delinquent. (laughs) Uh, up next is Simbu Darkfang. He is a resident level five grandpa and actor for Basement of the Dead. Simbu, thank you for joining us. Oh, I was demoted in the last week. Well, you win some, you lose some. It's, it's raining outside if y'all haven't noticed. That would probably be why your bones are aching, being being our, our resident grandpa. Uh, yeah, we also <laughs> uh, also have uh jamie owls uh my partner and partner in crime uh jamie owls thank you so much for joining us i think i heard some noise in the background um in the other room so if you can't uh, answer us immediately that's, that's okay no i'm here thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> uh jason the 13th he's got his youtube channel of jason the, the the 13th thank you for joining us jason not a problem and last but certainly not least delinquent, we have uh, Storm Rose Sky of the Twitch and YouTube channels of Storm Rose Sky. Storm, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm happy to see Randy's uh, able to join us. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Definitely looking forward to getting his feedback on this fantastic topic which is, of course, the Mortal Kombat series and a nice pre-discussion topic before I get into uh, the whole gist is what was the last and newest entry of Mortal Kombat that you've played? And this will be a good gauge for our audience listening to kind of see where we've all come from and uh, the the latest and greatest Mortal Kombat we've each played. Uh, Jason the 13th, what was the, the latest version of Mortal Kombat you played? Uh, I wanted to say Armageddon, but I know I played one since then, and I can't remember exactly which one it was. Ah, was it ten? Probably ten, because it was on the PlayStation Network that I got it from. So, mm-hmm. this... <laughs> but uh, other than you were playing it with your nephew, with uh, yes, yep, 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 that would be it. Mortal Kombat ten. <laughs> Nice, not not too bad. Only like two entries old, mm-hmm. and then before that was the Armageddon one, which is like four entries beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Storm, how about you? What was the the latest and greatest Mortal Kombat that you played? Uh, the eleven Mortal Kombat eleven and the expansion Aftermath that came out um, shortly after that. I played them on both the Switch and the PlayStation, and have completed and beat both of them. I do enjoy them very much so there you go awesome excellent i'll, I'll be uh asking you about your experience with both of those a, a, a bit later uh Astromedes, how about you the latest and greatest mortal Kombat. uh latest mainline entry i played i believe very long time ago mk ultimate i want to say it was the one that included uh 
Oh, have a cat disaster going on here. Uh, <laughs> the one that included uh, one character from one, two, and three. It was a huge character roster for the time. Uh, it was kind of a weird sort of entry, but very long time ago. Uh, and then I technically, after that, I played Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, I want to say it was called. <laughs> on what was that ps2 possibly ps3 yep yeah i remember that one uh we'll, we'll touch upon the spinoffs a little bit later uh simbu how about you um i would say i, I have to go with jason 13th answer uh last moral combat was 10 and i played it for all of like one little round and was like <laughs> yeah no still don't enjoy it <laughs> Uh, uh, Jamie Ellis, how about you? Obviously the first two that I played a lot. Um, I really like the one that came out for the PS3. Oh yeah, the, came... the ninth one, I think. Yeah, the ninth one. I played that one a lot. I played a little bit of the 11th, which I own and I think I have ton. Um, yeah, I didn't play a whole lot, but I always, you know, played as Katana or Sonya Blade. So those are my two top characters I enjoy playing. As. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. And Randy, how about you? The the latest and greatest version of Mortal Kombat you played? I have to say the last one I played was MK4. I believe that was when Quan Chi and Chinook uh, <laughs> were the villains and that kind of lost me, to be honest with you. So, I mean, I've been very old school in Mortal Kombat uh, with the original. Um, yeah, actually, just going off of what Jamie Owls says, um, Katana were, was my favorite. So was Molina. Nice. Yeah, so so it's really interesting, um, the, the, the whole Mortal Kombat series. There's so much freaking history with it. And this, so this podcast is going to kind of be a... a a uh, bit of a celebration of that because the newest entry, Mortal, uh, the, the, the 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 newest one is the twelfth one, which is titled Mortal Kombat One, because that's not mm. confusing. And as we were we were kind of t- talking before the the start of the podcast, it's reminiscent to Microsoft calling their third console Xbox One, as this is the third time Mortal Kombat is given its the its own new timeline via a second reboot. So, like, the third timeline is Mortal Kombat 1, kind of like the third Xbox console, Xbox One. Um, this is a brief... Makes perfect sense. It, mm. a, a, absolutely. <laughs> a brief history lesson for uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, series started off as a video game adaptation of 1992's Universal Soldier, the, the movie Universal Soldier, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. And, Seriously? Yeah, wow. and that's what, why him <laughs> joining... Uh, him joining as a guest character in the newest entry is such a big deal because Ed Boon had been trying to get him uh, for like over 30 years. And that's why Johnny Cage in the original series, and he's obviously a, still a, a main character. It's why Johnny Cage has a striking resemblance to Van Damme as well, up to and including his his splits uh, ball punching move. Uh, <laughs> so seeing the success of Street Fighter 2, Midway Games greenlit, what the devs were were working on that that adaptation to be turned into like a fighting game. So while now defunct and no longer existing, Midway Games, which is located in Chicago, they were they the remnants of that was purchased by WB Games, uh, offshot into NetherRealm Studios, which is still located in Chicago today. Um, as Randy was kind of talking about, and Jamie Owls w- were saying too about the first entry, uh, was released in the arcades August of 1992, ported and released on the SNES and Sega Genesis, Mortal Monday, if y'all remember that, uh, <laughs> September 13th, 1993, uh, where Street Fighter had excelled with the anime sprite-based aesthetic, Mortal Kombat used actual motion capture to pull sprites, and it obviously features a much gorier look and gorier, gorier effects up to incl- and including the infamous fatalities. So kind of sticking with the first entry, just kind of staying sticking with the first Mortal Kombat, because, again, there's technically three in the series with the title Mortal Kombat. Um, the first one that, that released in the arcades in 92, the one that got ported to the, the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis uh, Randy, you had mentioned that you had played that entry. Did you mostly play that in the arcades or did you play that in uh, like consoles? 
a few times in the arcades, but mostly in the consoles. I own a Sega Genesis, and and you know, I I think it might be known that Sega Genesis was not great for uh, Mortal Kombat was not great for the Sega Genesis series. Um, and I have played a little bit on the Super NES as well, which obviously there was a difference in quality. Yeah, it's, I, I've seen some quick a- analytics and it really felt like, so the Genesis version supposedly sold a lot more than the Super Nintendo just because the, uh, no, not just because, but the Sega Genesis didn't have any of the censorship like the Super Nintendo version did. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason did, uh, and Storm, did you guys play that the first century at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but way, way back. The day he probably rented it from something like family video or something, but yeah. And I remember playing it a lot in the arcades. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did get some runs on it in the arcades, mm-hmm. like especially going to places like Haunted Trails where they had the arcade games and things like that. So, yeah, a lot more on the arcade than anything, um, console for it in its first run. Nice. Um, now, one of the funny things with the this series is I, th- I felt like this was something that was, especially like the first two entries, do you guys remember any of the crazy rumors that flew around either Mortal Kombat 1 or 2 at all? Like, you had Reptile as a secret character with the first one, you had Smoke and Jade with the second, but did you guys hear about like any other ones like Ermac for the first one? Yes, I remember I hearing heard. about Ermac. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember there was a lot of nonsense, made up, seeming secret stuff in it. I think it was because it was the kind of game that had it had secrets. It was like a little bit spooky with the way it did some of the bridge <laughs> stuff and the moon and all that. So I think it was kind of ripe for uh, kids making stuff up. <laughs> what about Noob Cybot? Yeah, he was uh, uh, another, a third secret character in the second Mortal Kombat. Didn't they uh, add some of the secret characters as a result of those made up, uh, or add some of the characters as a result of like the made up secret or whatever? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because Ermac, uh, supposedly the name appeared next to a, a total number of times Reptile was battled in the arcade version, uh, though Ermac technically stands for error macros so egm back when egm used used to fake a whole bunch of crap they faked a picture of (laughs) red ninja because you know they had they had the yellow with scorpion and the blue with (laughs) sub-zero and said oh this this is ermac he's the color of blood and to unlock him you have to the one there's one arena where there's a circle in the middle and statues of all the the characters you had to fight and win the whole match in the circle to unlock him i remember that being a thing Ermac obviously was fake, but they ended up adding him in for like U- Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. Uh, and uh, R- Randy, you'll get you'll, you'll dig this. Another one of the reskins they added for Ultimate Mortal Kombat three was the purple ninja named Rain. Uh, I remember that. Yes, I remember Rain. <laughs> yeah, that's wonder- literally a, that was literally a gag character who ended up getting retconned into being a main character. I think starting in. Uh, the sixth or the, or the seventh in, in the series. I, f- I forget which, but it's hmm. <laughs> crazy. Um, the arcade ver- smoke in the forest. Yeah, because you, you're right, because you could see smoke and yes. jade uh, popping out from the trees. Poking out from the trees, that's right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so regarding that, Mortal Kombat 2 was released a year later after the first century in 93. Ports, Super Nintendo, Genesis on... Mortal Friday, uh, September 9th, <laughs> 1990. Nice try, guys. <laughs> so close. So, um, close. so I, I, I played the first entry a little bit, but it was the second one that I, that on the Super Nintendo that got mine and my brother Kevin's attention the most growing up. Uh, what do you, so I know you guys mentioned about playing the first one. Um, Jamie Ellis, did you, what sort of memories do you have playing the uh, second entry of Mortal Kombat? I just know I played the second one more than the first. I don't know if it's because the second one had more like female characters that for me, I can relate to because I could play as a girl. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, that's, I, I just remember playing the second one a lot more than the first. The first one I only played if my brother was playing um, along with me. That's cool. Uh, Simbu, did you play any of these uh, old school <laughs> one through three at all? Uh, I'm pretty sure I probably played some of them with uh, Jason, but not a not a whole lot. Um, growing up, I was you know still pretty young, so my parents were not about the horror and gore and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of didn't really get many of those. Uh, so Jason the Thirteenth was pretty much my <laughs> vehicle to playing the blood and guts games like Mortal <laughs> Kombat or Smash TV because his dad, my uncle, you know, had a very different view. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just real quick about history real fast. I did want to, I want to bring this up before we get any further um, with Midway being a Chicago based thing, uh, gaming company, Paul E. Niemeyer, who still lives in the Chicagoland area, is the original artist for the iconic dragon. Um, and he works uh, in the haunt industry. I can't remember which exact haunt, but he does work at a, for a haunt here in Chicagoland. Um, and then Daniel Piscina, the original ninjas, and uh, John Parrish, the original Jacks. They all still live here in Chicago as well. So original mocap actors, um, I've been able to meet them at different conventions and things like that. So really cool to see that, you know, there's a lot of good that came out of Chicago for gaming. Um, hmm. So it, that is nice. But yeah, I played them a bit, but not as much as probably the rest of you guys. At a game jam I was at a very long time ago, one of the Midway guys, original Midway guys, was there. I don't remember his name, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool. And Simbu, you make a good point about the impact overall on gaming done from Chicago. I think that that'll be a future episode that that we could touch upon, you know, all the, the gaming companies that either have roots from Chicago or made games in, in Chicago. I think it'd be a cool thing to, to touch upon. Um, for, for me, it's funny. I think the, where the first entry for the super and the, the Sega Genesis was kind of like, okay, the super Nintendo version ran a little bit better, but the Sega had the gore and the fatalities. The second entry there, there was no competition. The super Nintendo version was the superior one. Because not only did it have the better sound, the better uh, colors, it ran better. It had no censorship whatsoever. There was nothing. All all of the uh, fatalities and everything were there. And I would argue is, call me crazy, I would argue the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat 2 is the superior one over the arcade one. My thought, my big argument, the only reason why it would be better is because it's fairer where the code is set up in the arcade Mortal Kombat 2 to uh, ramp up the difficulty way too way too much. The code for the Super Nintendo one do- isn't meant to do that for uh, one one player antics because <laughs> of the fact that obviously it's an arcade. They want you to munch quarters and there's a whole system behind the code on that. I, th- there's a video from a YouTube content creator by the name of MVG. I recommend... Look, looking into that and taking taking a look at that if you're interested on the how the code of that works but it's, it's definitely one of those things that it's uh, i prefer the super nintendo one of that and i f- funny one of the memories that i'll share from my brother was we had a local comic book store uh at our our home where the hometown where there was a mortal kombat 2 arcade set up in the the comic book store so my brother ended up going and winning 50 matches in a row to where that unlocks the noob Saibot battle. And then it, it's totally optional. And he ends up beating noob Saibot, and he ended up getting it to uh, 100 wins in a row. And he names it with the, the three letters for the name of the, the, the uh, comic book store. And it was about a year before he passed when I got my mortal Kombat two arcade. And I re- reminded him of the story and he's like, I don't remember doing that. I, I I don't think I would have been 
I, I, I'm pretty sure I would have been selfish to where I would have put my own th- uh, three initials KEV there. I don't see myself putting the store. And I was like, I don't know. You, that's what you told me. And I remember seeing the arcade and seeing the hundred wins with the three letters for the store, but it was cool. Uh, there... it was a... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no worries. It was a, a f- funny memory and it was a fun thing to, to let him, to talk to him about before he passed, he passed. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, it seemed like uh, Mortal Kombat 2 arcade game showed up in a lot of places that didn't necessarily have a lot of arcade machines or anything. I remember there was a right. video store that had Mortal Kombat 2 in it that was actually the main place I did the majority of my uh, Mortal Kombat 2 arcade game uh, playing. I mainly played the first one on consoles uh, and then played the second one also mainly on consoles but in the arcade i actually didn't even know well i knew from the news when everyone was upset about it uh the fatalities and everything uh when it first came out i knew from the news it existed in the arcade but didn't really run into the first one a lot in arcades directly and then for some reason i felt like i saw the second one kind of everywhere without having to go to an arcade even mm-hmm. I agree with Estromedes on this one because Mortal Kombat 2 Arcade was, I mean, it existed everywhere. I mean, it, you would find it at a Super Kmart. Um, I would find it, actually, I don't know if you know in Westmont, the international, uh, the Chinese plaza over there, they used to have Mortal Kombat 2 <laughs> Arcade. Yeah, that was how prevalent it was. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Glenn's making a great uh, case for Super NES being superior than the arcade, which is a fair question which is a very fair debate um i i i, I kind of lean towards super nes because it was such a transformational experience for many uh for many more combat users at that time i mean unfortunately being having a Sega genesis which you know we it, you were devoid of the blood and guts and you just did not have like half of what super nes or even the arcade brought yeah, I I played it on uh, on Genesis. I also uh, we were a Genesis household also when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. yeah, I only kind of found out later how much better. I think I had encountered the first one on SNES, and of course, the immediate reaction is I you know you have to put in a blood code to make the sweat red. Uh, was not the best <laughs> first impression, but yeah, as Inferno Fox said, the uh, the the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat 2, I think that's probably a fair statement that it's at least as good and probably better for the inevitable uh, different way single player works uh, as the arcade. <laughs> yeah, and I, I briefly mentioned the, the third entry talking about like mm. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which is just like Mortal Kombat, but with like the, the full roster of characters and everything. But I'm going to talk, I also want to touch upon something where, uh, and we as a podcast group have talked about this a bit, where uh, 1995, the best video game movie of its time released, then that, of course, it was the Mortal Kombat movie. The not so great sequel was released two years thereafter, <laughs> Mortal Yikes. Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I leave Jax alone. Yikes. And then uh, the reboot released uh, in 2021. Uh, it, and I know we touched- there. Wasn't there a third Mortal Kombat way before the remake? <laughs> no. I, could have sw- I thought there was a straight to DVD one. <laughs> so you might be thinking about the 1998 to 1999 TV series, Mortal oh, maybe. Kombat Conquest. And oh, funny enough, that... the word Conquest is not spelled with a K. It's with a C. Oh, doomed to fail. Oh. <laughs> yeah, doomed to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you might be right on that. That might be what I'm thinking on that one. <laughs> And I, I think uh, there was an anime Mortal show Friday, too. man. <laughs> I do believe um, there was an animated series. Right. Yeah, there, there was an anime, I think, in the mid-aughts, if if memory serves. Uh, so have you, uh, just to kind of touch base, Randy, have you seen any of the Mortal Kombat movies? Um, the first two movies. Um, the second one, regrettably, that was a <laughs> to watch. Uh, I don't... I actually have amnesia just trying to remember what I actually remember with that second movie. But the first movie was, I mean, it was a big deal for me. I mean, I remember my cousin bought that on VHS for me and my brothers, and I was so excited and really enjoyed the storyline. Um, really enjoyed it. it, it 
I don't know how I haven't rewatched it in a long time, but I just remembered uh really being um really being into the movie, although it was not like directly as gory as I ex- as I thought it would be. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Um, I wonder if the lack that of was a surprising choice. Uh, yeah. yeah, surprising and not surprising in a way. It's like surprising knowing what the game is that that's like literally the draw essentially. And then not surprising from a movie studio perspective where they think, oh, this is limiting, you know, audience. So we can't uh, make it above a PG-13 or whatever. Yeah. I assume it's probably PG-13. Right. Yep. Yeah. You can't have an NC-17. Otherwise it's a box office. <laughs> well, and, or uh, even an R, you know, they, you know, were, I feel like they're a little more liberal about that now. That's obviously a different topic. I was going to say, you got to remember, you know, you remember, Remember, um, horror fans will remember um, the original Friday the Thirteenth was rated X when it first came out. Yeah, that's okay. right. <laughs> Betsy got her because uh, she got beheaded. So, and, and I'm I also mean, wondering you still if, if think. Oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Simbu. Oh, I was gonna say you still got to think that even in the early early '90s, that's still kind of weighing on the movie industry. Um, the, the through the '90s, you see it progressively get more and more liberal, so to speak, with like gratuitous violence and things like that. And of course, you come to the end of the '90s and into the early aughts, where you know you've got movies like Exit Wounds and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, and w- with it being a video game movie, it's a. Th- I also think that another factor is what Astromedius had said is you, you. It's for video games, so you're gonna think, oh, kids are gonna want to go there if they shoot for an R rating. Then it's something where they're gonna be limiting their own audience. But one of the big reasons is is the whole censorship fight, Mortal Kombat, Night Trap, Doom. All of this were were stuff that was shown in like the the Washington led uh, congressional hearings where like Joseph Lieberman was showing footage from all of these games and demanding that there be some way to either censor them or rate them or control them. And it made this whole big splash and ultimately games like Mortal Kombat and Night Trap led to the ESRB ratings. So I feel they them going and just doing like a PG or PG-13 rating for the Mortal Kombat 1 movie was sort of Ed Boon uh, and... Uh, John Tobias sort of acquiescing to some of that uh, rhetoric. If they're trying to move towards another medium being the movie medium saying, okay, we, we know that this is something that's, that's the big time, at least back then we need to tone things down to be able to make it in this medium. So let's do what we can to, to, to do that as it were. And of course, now you fast forward 30 years later and video games is easily eclipse anything that movies tv and music has uh all, all combined so it's kind of funny to think that the opposite was was true back back in that that d- day and age but well um one thing i i, I want to bring up is um if we're talking about the whole esr esrb rating um that was an argument that uh that was battled before uh in congress and that of course would be d snyder with the parent parental advisory stickers Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking yeah about the so the video game right? industry took the same approach and said look look we're gonna police ourselves and make this you know rating system yep you can thank tipper gore for the uh parental advisory for that yeah. <laughs> i will i will say one thing though when it comes to the rating systems and, and the parental advisory stickers if i i like d you know like, like d d snyder even says it you know if that's what we have to do then that's what we have to do i'm okay with that you know that's not I don't a, mind that's not labeling big, big unless deal. it means that uh, there is the issue of like, you know, for example, signing an X rating to a movie isn't just giving it a rating. It's effectively banning it from theaters. Yep. So like the slight nuance comes in when you get to the upper end of those rating systems to where now it gives you power to effectively ban things. True. Yeah, and of course, I, a lot of it is going to be product of its time, too. So. Definitely. Definitely. And, and it's it, and at the opposite end of that it, with the movie thing is the fact that like gremlins and poltergeist were rated pg when nowadays those would easily be at least at least pg-13 maybe even rated r mm-hmm. yep so uh kind of getting back to the um 
video the, the actual Mortal Kombat video games. Um, we we won't discuss the radio show. Uh, so the, the fourth entry, it, and Randy mentioned that he had played the fourth entry. That was actually the last time Mortal Kombat saw it, it, its presence physically in the arcades. <clears throat> I played that one a little bit, and that was interesting because that was like the first time Mortal Kombat went like 3D with the, with not only the polygonal models, but if I'm remembering right, with like a 3D arena, kind of like taking a page out of out of Tekken. And from the fourth entry to I believe the seventh, uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon was when it kept that 3D arena. I think the eighth one. Uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC went back to the flat, like 2D arena. I think I'm trying to trying to remember that, but um, funny enough, I don't have a lot of play history with the fourth through eighth, eighth entries. So again, that's that's Mortal Kombat Four, uh, Deadly Alliance, uh, Armageddon, um, uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC, and I. Uh, oh, and Mortal Kombat Deception. I think Deception was the sixth one, the one between Armageddon and uh, Deadly Alliance. Funny thing is Deadly Alliance, I remember, um, and Astromedes, you'll, you'll, you'll think this is kind of a blast from the past. We used to play that uh, at, every so often getting out of Micro Center over at Christine's house. And I, I remember, um, remember the, the, the old guy with the, uh, uh, John, in the cash office, he confused Mortal Kombat. Oh my gosh! Us going over and playing Mortal Kombat as like some sort of pseudonym for another uh, activity that young teenagers could do in <laughs> after work and after school. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you kids going to play Mortal Kombat, huh? Is that the, the you kids are calling that? That's what the kids were doing. I remember John. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um so i'll kind of open open to the floor for a moment just to kind of kind of talk about the fourth through the eighth entries for, these were the ones on the uh like the nintendo 64 playstation one and, and two did y'all play those at all the mortal play any of those <laughs> i don't remember playing any of those no. mortal no. kombat is one of those series that I'll pick up one here and there because I do like it, but I don't play a ton of it. And like I said, I did play a lot of Armageddon, though, on the PS2. <laughs> so, And it was more 2D. It wasn't more the 3D because I don't remember playing any Mortal Kombat in the 3D style. Uh, Tekken, was it Bloody Roar? Those kind of games were the 3D fighters that I remember. But yeah, I don't remember playing Mortal Kombat in that style. They've all been the 2D styles. But I do remember when Armageddon was supposed to be the final Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, and they, they effectively ended that line in that game where like the, the bad guy wins or something. And then that, of course, leads us to the ninth entry, which was the first reboot in the <laughs> yep. second time, the, the timeline. Uh, that was released in April of 01. Uh, 2011 i'm sorry april 2011 i played this one a lot this was for the ps3 xbox 360 not the wii and this is one that i would that for whatever reason has not been re-released and i i would i would love for it to be hmm. re-released because it's such a good game being a re being like a reboot it of course is kind of like the characters and whatnot from the first three entries but they play with the the storyline a little bit where uh raiden tries to make sure the world doesn't end in the way that mortal Mortal Kombat Armageddon does, but like uh, stuff gets real wacky where instead of smoke getting turned into that, that cybernetic thing, mm -hmm. like he does in the third Mortal Kombat sub zero does. And just like uh, other interesting stuff like that. And it, it was really just, Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry, Jamie. I'll said that cut you off. No, okay. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> no worries. Um, so it was really that when that of course was when uh, another realm studios occurred they were bought by um wb and really where uh funny enough where the sales for mortal kombat really ticked up really took off where we thought mortal kombat uh sales were they were decent for like the first three entries but by far it was the the most for 
the like the the last three. I don't know how this last entry is doing the twelfth one, but um, <laughs> Storm, let, let me kind of um get your feedback on Mortal Kombat uh, eleven over here. So you said you had played it both on the Switch and the PlayStation PS five. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. So tell mm, me, sorry. Tell me why the Switch version is superior to the PS5 one in every way. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, um, you call me a. <laughs> superior because I could play it handheld. There you go. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be nice because I do love my Nintendo and I'm very excited about some games coming out for that Switch. But, um, yeah yeah it was fun you know i didn't like before i played it on the playstation 5 my only experience with it was on the switch and it was fun and it was bloody and gory and all the right kind of things to to help take some anger out you know because <laughs> that's fun but after playing it on the and the ps5 it's like oh oh look how much crisper that looks and how much smooth <laughs> smoother things run than they did on the switch a little bit i mean they did proper programming and whatnot to make sure that it ported over well so i didn't notice a whole bunch of running issues it more honestly more graphic images because i'd played the switch version oh it's been at least two years ago now and i just more recently played you know within the last year this uh the playstation 5 version so my memory of the switch version is a little faded because i hadn't played it as much but uh on there or as soon yeah the the general complaint i hear about uh those switch to ps5 etc comparisons is that often you know it's they dial the frame rate way down. So it's like already they have to accept that it's going to run a little bit worse, like right off the bat. And then, you know, I assume they're doing stuff like probably reducing the size of the textures. So making all the graphics a little grainier and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And and, uh, as we've seen too, um, Simbu and I, especially they'll really smooth the hack and simplify the hack out of the, the polygon and polygonal counts to try and make it run as smooth as it can but (laughs) i mean you get you got mortal kombat on the ps5 and then you've got mortal kombat via virtual fighter on the switch i mean (laughs) that would be a a texture comparison i would say that that comparison would be pretty apt because like (laughs) seriously some of the some of the the video comparisons especially the one that i've seen on uh digital foundry like that it's 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 rough it's rough i and i I was trying to check and see what version of mortal kombat 11 sold the most i i can't that's what i've been looking up um because the switch effect usually results in games selling more on that system than any other but I, I, I can't seem to get that that number, but the, the idea is if there's over 100 million Switch units out there, that's more of a base for you to to sell a game on. I, that's why there's been such a uh, a hard press to try and get some of these games to, to run on there that maybe uh, doesn't have any uh, right to run on. The <laughs> Business Switch. being on there in the first yeah. place, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the kind of niche, you know, it's the it's very big audience to call a niche, but you know, the uh what Mortal Kombat has staked out for themselves is the later entries now, it seems like, you know, visual fidelity, which I guess, you know, they were actually going for in their own way in the old ones too. Look, we're using mocap stuff. Don't these all look like real people doing this stuff? Cause they are, you know, at effectively uh, 12 frames a second uh, in terms of what they're capturing in the old days. But uh, yeah, the, so the, it's, it's a tough call when you take a series that's now sort of prides itself on visual fidelity uh, as kind of one of the main tent posts, it seems, of these modern entries. And then you essentially, like, you know, it's probably true to say that Switch is effectively, it's like going back a generation in comparison. The last couple of Nintendo systems, that's probably been a fair statement. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like if we just look at like raw power and everything like that, I I, I would say that that'd be the case. But and this uh, is coming yeah, from someone who basically just power. <laughs> this is coming from someone who, you know has an older like I pretty much exclusively PC game for the most part. You know I have an older PC. I don't uh, I don't think having newer and better hardware makes better games on its own. Of course. Yeah, because like that that's something Nintendo's always uh really excelled at is the fun factor, them them putting the fun over the, the power. But yeah. it, there's gotta be a good balance of both to be able to to su- succeed at that. Well, or just I I almost, you know, in a way you could argue that it's sort of a mistake by Nintendo. I thinking hearing about this, like my first reaction upon hearing these more kind of recent like oh the downgraded version and i mean i guess thinking back i guess you saw us a little bit on the wii too but for the most part i think they were a little more careful in like the days of the wii and stuff about just not having things ported that didn't have any business on there and they could control then what the perception of the system and its performance is versus if you keep doing these ports that have no business the perception becomes by even you know the average guy that doesn't consume gaming news or know anything about the technical side whatever uh even those people start to have the perception that you know oh this is bad because i've seen this game that appears to run bad on it like one of the things you're supposed to do as a company like nintendo that cares so much about their reputation is to you know don't let people see behind the curtain when you don't have to in terms of the ugly stuff yeah and all of these um ports and everything like that obviously they're third-party efforts and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention like the the miracle ports like witcher 3 and doom and doom eternal how those are able to run on relatively high frame rates for the the nintendo switch with little with little to no hiccups and games that have no business on the Wii, like Call of Duty and and stuff like that, because there there is a Call of Duty on, on the Wii, and you and oh my God, do you want to talk about an underpowered freaking system? The the Wii essentially <laughs> yes, is the like the Wii was more like almost two generations back. It felt like even at the time, because <laughs> it, it, it literally is a GameCube. It, it, it's a GameCube, but just with a a motion. DVD reader and motion. <laughs> Yeah, yep. and, and and all the motion bow jazz. So like you think like it just uh, I get a little yeah. and I mean and, and to Nintendo can control that by making standards. And I mean they do. Obviously they do have standards already. Like all the consoles, you know, in order to publish something, you have to pass all these, you know, QA kind of checks, which would include things like, you know, has to meet a minimum average uh frame rate threshold or something like that that so you know the so it's got to be it's a little on both sides like it's possible maybe nintendo should have their standards a little higher of course whenever there's standards there's parties that will you know meet the bare minimum letter of the standard and technically meet them so it might be the case that a game does run well like 90 percent of the time but they essentially jammed all the bad stuff in a place where it's not encountered during qa testing and now you've got like oh it has awful load times past level one kind of stuff it, i miss the days where the nintendo there was the nintendo seal of approval where that actually meant that like nintendo did the work because they got rid of that i think uh after the the super nintendo where the, okay well the qa is now all handled by the developing company the third party one that's doing it and they don't know the hardware as well as obviously nintendo and its first various first party ilk and everything like that so- it's funny I, it, it's, it's oh i'm sorry jason go ahead i just had a thought so storm was saying that mortal kombat 11 it seemed to run fine on the switch it's more graphics i wonder if it's the same thing with the new mortal kombat if it runs perfectly fine it's just oh. complete downgrading graphics yeah just you can youtube it to your heart's content because there are quite it, a few videos showing side by sides of PS5 and the Nintendo okay, Switch. But, but again, is it just the graphics or does it actually feel glitchy when you're playing it? So from what That's I've seen, the question. It, it, it stays at a solid 30, 30 frames per second. Okay, it so looked, it's more it graphics. Looked, <laughs> it looks like hot buttered popcorn, but at least it, it, it runs. I mean, it, it'll, it'll run Okay, smooth. so at least it runs good. It's just a downgrade to graphics. So Yeah, 
a lot. Hey, just, I mean, what just so what's the frame knows. rate it runs on in PS5? I wonder. <laughs> Probably uh, twelve frames per second. <laughs> hey, just so everybody knows, uh, just want to chime in real quick. The original Doom is now running on a purple crayon, uh, so everybody knows that. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which is why Doom can run so good on the Switch. Um, and when I, when I mentioned Doom, obviously I meant Doom 2016. That's the uh, Doom reboot, Doom and Doom Eternal. These are full, like full games. We're not talking about the old DOS PC Doom that <laughs> Simbu's talking about. Got to add that clarity there. Uh, and it's funny because, like, if you look at that generation, what was the seventh generation with the Wii, the PS3, and the Xbox 360? How sad a generation that that was. That the most, the most stable system was the Wii. I, I like just that's just sad, <laughs> sad to me. Yeah, it is scary. Um, kind of getting back, getting back on the Mortal Kombat train. Uh, Astromedes, you had mentioned about the the spinoffs. Um, and there, there were four spinoffs that that I that I'm I'm aware of. You have the best one. The best spinoff was the first one. That of course was Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub Zero. This one was absolutely the best because you played as Sub Zero, where you move in the same way in the same fashion as Sub Zero, but instead of like a fighting game, you just walk and there are platforms and it's cheap as heck and you could fall in a pit and you die and you game over and then that's it. <laughs> and then the full motion videos for the PS1 had fantastic acting. You've never seen yeah. anything as good since there was a Jill sandwich in Resident Evil 1. Hey, wait a minute. I think Megan Fox is doing a great, great job in the new one. <laughs> Megan Fox. Oh yeah, was was she voicing? <laughs> She's voicing some demon, some oh, demon chick. Nice. I think in in Mortal Kombat twelve or. I was gonna say you got Megan. You you want to talk for for voice acting and, and you got Ronda Rousey as Sonya Blade. I've heard nothing but bad about her her acting for it. And then you, now you've got Megan Fox with her little demon chick. <laughs> so I mean, let, let, just to clarify here. Isn't there's Jean, contenders for that. Isn't Jean-Claude Van Damme voicing himself too? I think I heard that. So I get I don't know. <laughs> but it remains to be seen. So the the other spin-offs of course are Mortal Kombat Special Forces. That one surprisingly is even from what I've heard is even worse than Mortal Kombat Mythologies. Um Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks which apparently is like the best of the spin-offs like by a mile. Shaolin Monks is where you play as either Kung Lao or Liu Kang, and it's like a 3D action adventure in a way. Astromedes, am I right? Yeah, there was, it was kind of, uh, it was sort of like a beat-em-up with slightly too much jumping over pits and bits and pieces of platforming still that really didn't need to be there. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I've heard that that was a surprisingly underrated game. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty fun. Um, it was you know ultimately kind of forgettable. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I didn't remember I had played it until we actually started talking. Even uh, when trying to sit down and think about the Mortal Kombat games I'd played before the podcast here, so that's <laughs> the impression it left. But I don't remember it being terrible. To be fair, I I I do remember wanting to like it more than i did wanting it to be a bit better a bit more of kind of like memorable i feel like uh i liked the promise of a beat-em-up and i still and i think we're still actually seeing indie games that try to do this kind of thing but uh the promise of you know like a a beat-em-up game that has kind of the depth of a fighting game you know and like we've seen games that try it and you know succeed to various degrees before but i think it's still kind of a uh, attempting uh, thought and that did not lean heavy enough on the kind of complexity of the fighting system it was a very shallow from what i remember it's really shallow take on just a couple moves essentially from the uh the fighting game that's cool and yeah i think it was two-player uh simultaneous play too which is always a nice thing i mean if, if you got friends that, that can join you and play um, and one of the cool things with Mortal Kombat is that there were uh, some characters that appeared in the Injustice series of fighting games. 
Injustice One and Two. Uh, I, I believe it was just Scorpion was a uh, guest character in the first one, and then the second one had a number of them, uh, including like Sub Zero. And there was a, a storyline where if Sub Zero beat the game, he becomes like the new Batman in Gotham City or something. It's really kind of a hmm. interesting thing. But you could that that was the Mortal Kombat or that was the the fighting game where you could have a Sub Zero versus Leonardo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles battle battle type of a fight. And so if that if that's your sort of dream fight or dream battle like that, there you go. So I'm kind of surprised when multiverses was really uh, popping off before they went dormant. You didn't see any Mortal Kombat characters in there because you've got Street Fighter characters in Smash Brothers. So the the thought process is, OK, multiverses is WB. Why not have Scorpion and Sub-Zero in, in that? That is a little surprising. Maybe they're saving that for, uh, I mean, how dormant has the game gone? Uh, have they reached the stage where they would have done something desperate if they were going to yet? <laughs> like release um, Mortal Kombat they, characters all of a sudden? They took it, well, what was it? 2022, last year, around August, I believe? They they took it offline. Um, oh, uh, as of June 25th, uh, 2023. Sorry, I'm looking it up on my PS5 right now. Um, hmm. The game, the, the open beta went went dark um it's coming back early t- next year so it was still in beta quarter. i forgot okay it's hard to yeah. tell these days yeah so um i they got a lot of it looks like they've got a lot of groundwork to cover from the beta um and of course there's going to be a i guarantee you there's going to be a lot of stuff that gets um probably introduced or reintroduced when it goes live um However, if they do Mortal Kombat, their move is either A, wait for the new the new one for HBO to come out, or October. Those are gonna be those those are gonna be your two target two biggest targets for uh, Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, and they, they could also do a thing where they publicize when DLC drops for Mortal Kombat One, the the twelfth one, the newest one. And that they can coincide that with multiverses to do like, hey, remember Mortal Kombat 1 that you might have put to the side? Well, multiverses is back up. Play as Scorpion and Sub-Zero on this live service thing. And while you're there, you got your system up, play Mortal Kombat 1. But I I, I, I do agree with you, Simba. I think the, the smart money would be put it on multiverses when the second of the the re- new the newly rebooted movies come, comes or comes out. Is that that one's going to actually have uh, the big thing with that being uh, Johnny Cage in there? Um, kind of, kind of wrapping up the discussion. I want to uh, just kind of focus on some of like our own favorite memories with the series, whether it, it relates to the, the like a specific game that you've played or how it relates to the real life. And I, I kind of mentioned how I t- talked about the whole uh, Mortal Kombat Two arcade at our local comic book shop and the uh micro center thing as well um randy what what are what are your some of your most favorite memories with the mortal kombat series uh for me mortal kombat 2 was uh was a pivotal period for me and i it was a pivotal experience in my young gaming life and uh i remembered wanting to always play katana and uh, melina as well and my brothers were very um anti well they were misogynist back in the day and they were also kind of homophobic <laughs> they're like you're playing a girl you know and i and it never stopped me from playing katana or melina and even though i love like reptile noob saibot uh, eventually jade became one of my favorite players um i had to say mortal kombat 2 was such a great period of time i mean it was such a shape-shifting uh culture moment and i just remember how controversial it was i remembered um during christmas i wanted mortal kombat 2 but when my cousins came over with their christmas gift they only gave me mortal kombat 1 because my aunt my aunt basically felt it was too violent and hmm. i was so upset and then so i got when i got mortal kombat 1 i just beat it within like two hours and <laughs> my cousin had to call my uncle and my aunt saying that yeah he's already done with that game 
Did you low sweep your way to victory? I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed that I did not get Mortal Kombat 2 at that time. I mean, eventually I would later on, like a few months later, but I, I just remember that was my revenge. That was my way of telling off my aunt, saying, well, I beat the game, so now what? You blew $50. <laughs> uh, Jamie Alice, how about you? What are uh, some of your most favorite Mortal Kombat memories? Just watching the fatalities. Sometimes when I'm bored, I just like to watch them on YouTube. Make a wish. Yeah. There you go. Oh, is that the the split? Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, Inferno Fox, careful and sleep with one eye open, um, and don't make her mad. <laughs> hey, it's it it's nothing I'm not already used to. She's the one that that loves the the horror media, so you know, par, par for the course. Uh, She's just Storm. getting ideas. <laughs> uh, Storm, how about you? Uh, what are some of your favorite Mortal Kombat memories? You know, maybe the one time I got to do a fatality because fatalities are cool to see, but I could never manage to do them. Yeah. So I think <laughs> the one time that I got one and it happened on the Switch, I celebrated because they're they're great, but doing the button combos and everything. Oh my god! <laughs> like I, they elude me so. Like what Jamie Owls, I like watching other people's, you know, fatalities and get mad because I can't do them. <laughs> What's that? What, what was, what was that, that first fatality for you? <laughs> I don't. It was something with uh, Sub Zero, and I don't remember what it was. Was it the sunglasses like skeleton? Probably. Yes. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah. But there you go. A hold down block up up high punch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah, Sub-Zero it's forward forward down high kick to freeze then you come up and it's back back down back back low punch or forward down forward forward low punch I'm trying to re- trying to remember what, what Sub-Zero's was <laughs> and this is why ladies and gentlemen I will never <laughs> get a lot of those because what now they're in the, <laughs> the speed within which you have to do those patterns yes good god and if you sugar burgers you, that's a it's a pain in the butt and if you accidentally love tap the the person who is like you know like yes. doing that yes immediately done and that has happened a lot to me as well because i'll accidentally get too close to them and boop done they just fall yep. over and you're hey. like uh. ah, sigh <laughs> let's not even add in the whole um with the the whole hit stick set up where it's like oh up half moon up half oh Oh, yeah then there's like weird joystick versus d-pad input differences Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh and what i forget which which version or if they just finally added it to all of them like every character had like six different fatalities they could pull off gosh Mm -hmm. yeah there was a thing where there was just one on the first one, and then there was two, one or two with Mortal Kombat 2 and a friendship. And yep. then the third one had two and a friendship Bay and Ballady, then yes. an animality. And mm-hmm. then yep. they, there were babalities. And then yep. they added brutalities. I did not understand the need for the brutality. Honestly. Yeah, that seems like, pretty they're all unnecessary. The same <laughs> they're all pretty <laughs> brutal. Also, yeah. like, also, you have like eight skulls you know and eight. <laughs> it's like make it make sense people oh they stopped caring about it making sense it seems <laughs> pretty uh, quickly uh jason how about you? Uh, uh, i i remember playing a lot of the older games with my brothers when we were younger uh now they don't play as many fighting games unless it's smash brothers <laughs> but uh Side note, uh, I do remember renting the uh, Mortal Kombat side game of Sub-Zero. I do remember that one. Yep, Mythology, uh, Sub-Zero, the best yep. one. And it was probably bad enough, which is why I've never played the other side games of Mortal <laughs> Kombat. They set it up like it was going to be a series, too. Yes, the way they, yes they did. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. They were preparing for it. And it really didn't take off at all. <laughs> But I do remember a lot of those. I like fighting games now, uh, but finding people to play the fighting games is the harder one now. It's unless I'm going online to play random people, it like 
I just don't have the people to play the fighting games with. Yeah, yeah some... as I've gotten older, like I think it's kind of like a fundamental problem with most fighting games. It's like such a huge uh, barrier of entry that like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. just play with me. I've been playing this game for a year and you've never played it. Like, it's going to yep. be a ton of fun, I'm sure, for both of us. <laughs> yep. So, yep, all of my good, like, fond memories of Mortal Kombat were all from the old games, original games. When the controllers weren't so easily broken. because these i'm sorry but these games are controller breakers yeah and especially if you know nothing about fighting games and you're a masher you can't mash like you did on the super nes controller that you could throw across the room and it would still laugh at you yeah like (laughs) the the super nintendo controllers they were ignore the fact that obviously super nintendo controllers didn't have these but these were really designed Mm -hmm. to to take the abuse whereas I've heard a, a lot of stories online for like Smash Brothers, even like the 3DS one. Yeah. Yeah. The the circle joystick thing on the 3DS breaking off or coming apart literally because they're it just can't handle the game. Uh, Simbu, uh, what are some of your favorite memories with Mortal Kombat? Um, I always I always enjoyed the doctor, of course. The, the doctor, he's always the one of the highlights of the older matches or the older games. Um, and then the the couple levels, like the bridge where you could do the special uppercut and knock them straight down into the into the spike pits, or <laughs> what was it, the throne room where you could uppercut them into the spikes because those seemed to be the only two uh, finishing moves I could ever do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, um, I, can never... I was able to shock somebody with Raiden once, but that was it. <laughs> I could never remember the the fatality because it's obviously it's different for everyone. The one that does the the stage hazard fatality, I can never remember those. It's like I always want to do the one where you throw them in the slime pool and they turn into melted skeleton. And then if you're the person that gets melted, if you hit a series of buttons, it can it can then make a weird noise like oh or something like that. It's all part of the Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 mythos. All these crazy freaking rumors and whatnot. <laughs> Astromedes, how about you? What favorite Mortal Kombat memory do you got? I remember I played a lot of Mortal Kombat 1, as I said, kind of exclusively home console version. Um, I remember now, playing now is that it Mortal with... Kombat 1 for the PS3? Or is that I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's one? the original <laughs> Mortal Kombat that was newly, the first Mortal Kombat that was released on the Sega Genesis console. You <laughs> You're not talking about uh, Mortal Kombat, the, you know, 1 in 3,027, no. right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah yes the seventh time that, that they're gonna reboot it so that one uh i played that one a lot on sega genesis and i would play with a friend of mine uh down the street i was probably maybe let's see i would have been i don't know 14 15 maybe 15 16 uh, no maybe a little younger than that somewhere in that area young teenager um so I played this game with a friend of mine. He had a younger brother who was significantly younger than us who would play with us sometimes. And it was basically became a game to uh, get him so upset, like beat him so bad to make him angry to where he would try to attack us. And then, you know, my friend would beat him up a little bit and kick him out as older brothers do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I remember I the, the other kind of thing I remember about the Mortal Kombat games is I think... Mortal Kombat 2, getting good enough at Mortal Kombat 2 to once or twice do a fatality in the arcade and the few times I played there by practicing at home, of course. Um, you know, that, that I think that was one of the first times I really like kind of set down, like I'm going to become technically proficient at this game on purpose, <laughs> basically, <laughs> so I can do these things in the arcade. <laughs> he was trying to show off for the girls. Yeah, right. There were no girls in the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah, so Mortal Kombat, it's definitely... They they have definitely slowed down quite a bit with the releases versus how they first started out. I feel like the yes. quality is probably the best that it's it's been. Uh, you know, Nintendo Switch ports notwithstanding. The, what we've got on the newest system uh, r- really is, is phenomenal. I... 
I, I said sad to say this is the Mortal Kombat podcast, and I haven't even played the the, the newest one, and I'm supposed to be Mr. Video Game, but it, it's on my wish list. I'll probably end up picking it up for uh, the holiday season, either on a, a Black Friday sale. But so I, I, either way, I'll probably end up doing a review and posting it on the uh, Infernal Fox Gaming channel. So make sure that you like, subscribe, and ring that bell for notifications. But I just want to take a to uh, another moment to thank. Not only my fantastic cast and crew, but also Randy for joining us. Randy, thank you again for joining in our uh, Mortal Kombat tomfoolery and malarkey. Oh, thank you for bringing me in. And I actually enjoy hearing all these stories. It's bringing back so much nostalgia. And, <laughs> and you know, thank you for bringing me up to speed about this wonderful series. Absolutely. And you can catch Randy's podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's the Bon Me Chronicles. I definitely recommend che checking that out. I uh, also want to thank my my cast, of course. Uh, we have my partner and partner in crime, Jamie Ells. Jamie, Jamie Ells, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we also have Jason the 13th YouTube channel of Jason the 13th, not just a clever name. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Not a problem. I'll be looking forward to that uh, Mortal Kombat Switch review. Yes, it will be the Switch version, no. It'll absolutely be the Switch version, not. Uh, we also have Simbu Darkfang. Simbu Darkfang, can't talk to uh, Who is the level five grandpa and actor for Basement of the Dead. That, that Basement of the Dead is in the Chicagoland area, located specifically in Aurora, Illinois. Definitely recommend checking it out while we are still in spooky season. Simbu, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's always a great time. And, uh, well, if you enjoyed having fun here, come get your screams out at Basement of the Dead. Yes, definitely. Please, please do again. Chicagoland area. Please, please check that out. It, it it's a lot of fun. They put on a great production. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, next up, of course, we have Storm Rose Sky of the Twitch and YouTube channels. Storm Rose Sky. Storm, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And you know, just before we go, um, one of these students yesterday, I asked what their favorite movie was, and I got told Mortal Kombat. So they were very excited that I also knew how to play and liked Mortal Kombat. So hmm. that's fun, you know, nice. a 10-year-old today still liking the <laughs> Mortal Kombat series. So there you go. Nice. Very cool. And Astromedes, a developer and co-owner of Second Place Games. Astromedes, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me an excuse to watch 10 minutes of new Mortal Kombat fatalities. Uh, <laughs> and I'm amazed that they now resemble summons from Final Fantasy. I was just watching that before I got on. <laughs> He's watching the Switch version I, only. I in particular enjoyed, I think it was Cyrex. He blows the entire earth up with a bunch of bombs. <laughs> and then Liu Kang, who creates a black hole that he's somehow immune to and throws his opponent into. Nice. It, and it's funny that that Cyrax one actually is a upper upgraded version of one of his fatalities from the third Mortal Kombat. Same, Makes sense. I thought I, the kind of all the balls jumping out looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. And thanks again to you, the, our listening audience. Uh, definitely check us out. We'll, we post new episodes usually on Tuesdays, uh, second week of the month. It's on Wednesdays. Again, it's on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Thanks again, and have a wonderful day.